today's Bible reading um, is from 1 Peter 2, verses 18 to 25, and it can be found on page 1,218 of the Church Bible. (coughs) Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because it because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate when he suffered, He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Great. Thanks a lot, Emily. Uh, Let's start off with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, everything we've been singing about tonight, for for the words we've been saying together, um, and for how the songs have pointed to you, to all that you have done for us through the Lord Jesus. Father, please, would you speak to each one of us and us as a church this evening as we think about this important subject of how we live out that knowledge of Christ in the world. Lord, please help us to understand and to apply this part of scripture to our life for Jesus sake Amen um, I wonder I first want to start with a question I wonder if to someone was to, to ask you what do you think is one of the things that most typifies Christian behaviour what would you say what would you say well, I think it probably depends on who you ask I think there are probably some stereotypes going around if you ask someone on the street they might say well uh, a Christian, that's someone who's a hypocrite, or that's, that's someone who, who, who thinks you've got to, to live in a certain way, otherwise God won't love you. Or perhaps you ask someone in, in church that question. They might say, well, something that typifies Christian living, well, that's reading the Bible, yeah. Or it's praying, yeah. Or it's coming to church, yeah. Maybe it's Maybe it's something a bit deeper. Maybe it's, a, well, a Christian, what t- typifies Christian behaviour is someone who is who's trusting Jesus, surely. Yes, and that's absolutely correct. But I think, I think there's one thing that we probably tend to overlook, which is what this passage and lots of scripture testify to. That a Christian is someone who reacts in a different way when they are treated badly or unfairly. A Christian is someone who reacts differently when they are treated badly or unfairly. And we're going to unpack what Peter has to say about that from this passage. But firstly, the word that he uses, if you look at in verse 18, he says one word, about six words in, submit. Submit. Now I wonder what you think of when I say the word submit or or submission. What does it conjure up in your mind? I don't think it's generally received as a very positive word. When I was thinking about this, I think, well, one of the words that probably jumps into your head is the idea of a wrestling match. 
you've got two guys in this wrestling ring fighting each other out and there's, there's one who's perhaps a bit stronger than the other. And what happens is they're, they're exchanging blows and it gets to a stage where, where the strong one's got the weak one in a submission hold. He's maybe got his arm around his neck and he's kind of doing all this and, and choking him until this other guy, this poor guy, he's, he's losing all his energy, his strength. He drops to the ground until eventually he hits the mat. I submit, I submit. I think that's generally how most people understand submission. It's someone stronger showing and exerting their authority and power and strength over a weaker person. So the weaker person has no choice but to give in. I think that's how many people understand submission. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. See, the Bible is talking about submission in completely different language. When the Bible, when Peter is talking about submission here and submitting yourselves to your masters, he's got something totally different in mind. Not that of a wrestling match but something that's in our DNA. Because as we will see in this passage, that this submission isn't just something that we try and do. There isn't giving in to a stronger power. That is something of who we are if we are born again, if we are trusting in Jesus, if we are saved and following him in faith. You see, this, this submission, this isn't just an optional extra for Christians. This is actually fundamental to what it means to be a Christian. This isn't an add-on. It is one of the things that defines Christian living. Because it can be seen from the outside. And that was true then, 2,000 years ago, when Peter was writing to this church. And it's true today. Well, let's start off by by delving into the passage and thinking a little bit about what is this submission? What does this submission look like? Well, the first thing, if you notice down in verse 18, he starts by saying, Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. So the first thing we see about what exactly submission is, is that submission is something that shows your status. Let me explain a bit. It shows us where your freedom lies. You see, only a Christian who is free can actually choose to submit. And this is all the more curious because Peter starts off by using language of slaves. Now, um, a slave, translated there, can can mean a servant. And in Peter's day, that could have had a wide variety of, of, of applications. That could have been someone... Who is, who is a teacher in a household. It could have been someone who was a servant, a cleaner. It could have been someone who was a labourer or a farmer. What it was was someone who had an authority over them, someone to whom they were responsible. It's not just someone in chains hammering, hammering away at stones the whole time. Slaves is quite broad. And there's a good chance that most of the people in the church that Peter was writing to would have considered themselves in some way slaves. They were workers. They worked for a living and they had people to whom they were responsible for, responsible to. Which is why I think, in one sense, this is all the more curious. Because if submission is something that you're bullied into doing, like the wrestler, then why would you tell a slave, surely the one person who is, who is always in that position, why would you tell them to do it? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, slave, you've got to be a slave. Now, this only makes sense if actually the slaves that Peter are talking to aren't actually slaves but free people. Because you can only tell someone who isn't a slave to act like a slave because otherwise there's no point at all. 
You see, what Peter is saying is that actually only free people can submit. Only a free person can choose to submit. This isn't the weaker wrestler giving in. This is someone with equality, the same dignity as someone else, choosing to submit to someone else for a reason. You can't tell a slave to be a slave, but you can tell a free person to act like a slave. Now, in terms of of thinking about slaves, just so we don't think this was just something for particular people 2,000 years ago, it's worth bringing that into 2017 and seeing that actually everybody living in the world today is a slave in one way or another. It just depends whether you're a slave to something that sucks life out of you or a slave to the one who gives you life. Slaves to maybe ourselves, to our own, our own wishes, our own demands. And, and actually, if what we're doing there, if we're a slave to ourselves, then actually we're building our whole identity, our whole sense of freedom up in what we can achieve and our own self of, of, of self-reliance. But if we're a slave to, to Jesus, if we're, if we're grateful for what he has done, then that looks like freedom. You see, everybody's a slave. It just depends who we're going to be a slave to. But if we're a slave to Christ, that gives us an ability to submit when we are treated unfairly. And this is the thing that looks different to anything else in the world. You see, a Christian has the ability to submit even when they are treated unfairly. This is what Peter is encouraging the people to do there. And they can do it because actually of the kind of person that they are. They are someone who doesn't look to themselves or to others to give them that sense of identity and freedom. Their freedom doesn't rely on themselves feeling free in their own community. Their freedom relies on what Christ has done for them. There are two different things going on here. It's either freedom wrapped up in us or it's freedom wrapped up In Christ, which master are we choosing? That's firstly what submission looks like. It is something that shows us that we have freedom in the first place if we are in Christ. Secondly, what Peter is saying here is that we don't actually choose who we are going to submit to. Look at the second bit of verse 18. He says, Submit yourselves to the Lord, say to every human authority... Uh, Sorry, I'm reading the wrong bit there. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Now, this is where it starts to get even more difficult in one sense. You see, our culture says that we should only respect the people who are worthy of respect. I mean, even submission, it's such a strong word. Someone's got to really show that they are, they are whiter than white, they are cleaner than clean, they are really deserving of our respect if we are going to submit to them. But that's easy, isn't it? Oh, it's easy to submit to someone who is kind to you, who is generous to you, but it's not so easy to submit to someone who is harsh. Imagine in Peter's day in that church, if you had someone who was, who was a worker in a household and their master was kind to them, encouraged them to, to go and join this, this new thing called church that they'd heard about, they said, yeah, go for it. Well, that's easy to, to respect and submit to them. It's, in one sense, it's easy to be a Christian when your boss is like that. But someone who is harsh, someone who ridicules you and treats you differently because you follow Jesus, that's not so easy, is it? That's harder to submit, that's harder to respect that kind of person 
when they are treating you harshly. But Peter says we are not to judge between whether to submit to the good masters or to submit to the bad ones. And the reason why this is so important is because someone else's actions don't determine how Christian we are. I mean, we know that, don't we? That, that if someone is, is being kind to, to us, then we think, okay, that's great. Well, it's easy. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe I'll invite you along to a, something we're doing at church. But if someone is harsh, maybe it's, it's, your, it's your, your boss at work or maybe it's your teacher or someone in your family, it's harder. But it doesn't mean that we stop being a Christian to them. It doesn't mean that we stop praying for them and showing them the dignity that maybe they don't deserve, but God commands us to show them. Someone else's actions don't determine how we behave as Christians. And thirdly in this point, and this is the real focus of the passage, this is what Peter really wants us to see and what all the songs have been pointing to this evening, is that submission, what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about submission, looks like Jesus. Biblical submission looks like Jesus. And we see that in verses 22 and 23. Peter writes, He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Now for us here this evening, those are, I imagine, very familiar words because we've said them all. They are from Isaiah 53. They're from the Old Testament, written seven, eight hundred years ago, uh, seven, eight hundred years before Jesus even walked in earthly, in human flesh amongst us. They are familiar words. And what, those, what that passage tells us, it's a prophecy of this coming king that God would send into the world who would rescue his people, not with mighty force and great show of power, but through submission. This is why Peter starts using these words here. This is, this is why the Holy Spirit, using Peter to write these words, is reminding him of what was written in the Old Testament about what the suffering servant would be like. That he would be a servant who would make salvation possible through Submission, submission to his father's will and submission, as we see in Jesus' life, to unjust authorities, whether that's to the religious leaders, whether that's to Pontius Pilate, or even as we think about at Christmas, submitting to his, his mother and father when he grows up. Biblical submission looks like Jesus. And this is so foreign, I think, to, certainly to the way I'm, I'm tempted to react when I'm treated unfairly or unjustly. Look at how Jesus behaved in verse 23. When they hurled their insults at him, it doesn't say he retaliated. When they hurled abuse at him, he got back with even better insults. Aren't we tempted to do that when someone says stuff about us? Or when he suffered, it doesn't say that he made threats. I mean, Jesus had, had the power to, to change the situation, but he chose not to. It doesn't say he got back at them. It said he made no threats. It said instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And just look how far Jesus was willing to submit. Not just a little bit, but all the way to the cross, all the way to having his hands and his feet pierced 
and suffering in our place. That's how far Jesus was willing to submit himself. Biblical submission looks like Jesus. And we've got to say as a result that nothing we will ever be called to submit to will compare to what Jesus went through and what Jesus was willing to submit to. Nothing will come close. But as we will see in a minute, he is our example in what that submission looks like. So that's, that's what the Bible is talking about. That's only what Peter is talking about when he's talking about submission. It's something that shows that we are free people. We don't choose who to submit to. We don't choose how to live out our, our Christian life based on someone else's treatment of us. And thirdly, most importantly, it looks like Jesus Christ. So secondly, then, we've got to think, well, if that's what it looks like, well, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it for me to be living in this kind of way? And Peter gives us three examples of why it's a massive yes that it is worth it. Firstly, and most importantly, it's because it pleases God. Look at verses 19 and 20. Peter writes, For it's commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Twice in those verses, Peter says that when you you submit yourselves to those who are treating you badly, it is commendable, it is good. Actually, this is a gracious gift is what that word means. It is a good thing. And firstly, and most importantly, is a good thing before God. It is commendable before God. It pleases God when he sees his children living in this kind of way. Peter is encouraging this church to be submitting not for fear of their their bosses or of teachers in the workplace but for fear of God. And he is reminding them, he is reminding this church who who are tempted to act in a different way, tempted to act in the way that we would normally act Remember, this pleases God when he sees you acting like this. He's trying to remind them that that God sees them, that the way that they are treated unfairly, unjustly, whatever it is, that God sees that. And he is pleased when he sees his children living in this kind of way. He wants to remind them, almost as if God is, is saying, my child, my child, I see what you are going through right now. I'm not blind to what is happening. I see what you are going through. And I see how you are choosing to act. Not in the way that others act, but in a way that resembles my son, Jesus. God sees that. You see, those unfair, those unjust masters or or teachers, whoever they may be, may be looking to us to to react in the same way that they have been treating us. They may be looking to us to to react with, with scorn and getting back at them. But so at the same time, God is looking to us to see if we will react like him. The question is, which master are we going to react like? So it pleases God. This is why it is worth it. But also we've got to say that other people will see this. It is a part of people's testimony often when they come to faith that they have seen the way that a Christian reacts when they are treated unfairly and unjustly. They have seen how Christians act, and that does something. They see something in them that that the world cannot offer. 
And thirdly, we've got to say, well, was it worth it for Christ to submit when he was facing unjust treatment? Well, if, if there's any doubt, we only have to look at verse 24 to see what he achieved. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Is it really worth it? Well, it was worth it for Christ. We've got to say whatever happens in our life, whatever unfair or unjust treatment, maybe won't see that in our life, but God sees it. And it is worth it. We don't know what effect that will have on other people and how they see our reactions. But it is worth it. Keep in mind that this pleases God. As we finish up then, let's think about actually how can we do this this week? What does Peter say to encourage us to live out that kind of biblical submission in our relationships, in our lives, in our schools, in our colleges? What does that look like? Well, firstly, it starts off in verse 18 again. It's by having fear of God above fear of man. He says, slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. He's saying we're not submitting to our masters because we fear them. No, we're submitting to them because we're free people, freed by Christ. We're submitting to them because we fear God. We care about God. We want to please God in our relationships, in in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our community. We fear God and we want to please him. That is the first thing we've got to remember this week if we are going to find the strength to submit ourselves to those who are treating us unfairly and unjustly because of what we believe. And secondly, and again this comes back to this idea of biblical submission looking like Jesus. Well actually Jesus not only makes it possible but he is also our example. He's not just our example but he is also our example. Verse 21, we see that. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Now, Peter says here, this isn't an option for Christians, but this is something we are called to. And we are called to this because of what Christ has done, because he suffered for us and he is our example. And if we want an example, then... We haven't got time to go into it now, but but let's think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hours before he will be betrayed and he will submit his body to the cross. He will submit himself to the religious leaders and to Pilate. That Jesus, he is there, he is weeping, he's even weeping tears of blood because he fears the wrath of the Father and what he will go through at the cross for our redemption as we have sang about tonight. But Jesus is still choosing to submit himself. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Three times he says. Jesus is submitting himself to the Father, to his plan, and as a result to those human authorities because he trusts that God's plan is good. You see, Jesus is our example. Worthwhile thinking about Jesus in the garden and and meditating on that this week. And lastly, we're, we're able to do this. this. This is a high calling. It is something that, as Peter said, we are called to. But the last thing I want to say in terms of how this is possible is it's because of through God's ongoing presence and guidance 
through the Holy Spirit. And we see that in verse 25. Peter says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now it's interesting that Peter should use this language of, of sheep and a shepherd and sheep going astray. This picks up one of the, the parables that Jesus told in the Gospels about the good shepherd and Jesus is saying about himself that he was the good shepherd. But also, particularly for Peter, he knew the pain of this leaving Jesus. Peter was a disciple of the Lord who said quite, quite clearly, Lord, even if everyone else abandons you, I won't. In fact, I'll even die for you. Yet hours later, he was running off. And when quizzed publicly whether he knew the Lord Jesus, he denied that he ever knew him three times. Yet Jesus was gracious and forgave him and brought him back in to his flock. Peter knew this firsthand, what it was like to, to leave and to return. And of the gratitude he had there. And all that he could draw upon, not to to leave the Lord Jesus again, but to submit. And we, well, tradition tells us that that's how Peter died, that he did submit himself. He was crucified upside down because he didn't want to, 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 to emulate the Lord in any way by being crucified in, in the same way as our Lord was. He was willing to submit to every authority, even those that would do him great harm. But God hasn't left us to do that on our own. Just like he empowered Peter, and we see that in Acts 2 at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples to strengthen them, to go out into the world and proclaim the good news. That also involves submitting to unjust powers and authorities because they are trusting God. And he makes that possible because he has sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our souls. That's what we see at the end when Peter talks about the fact that we have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls, the Holy Spirit oversees us. He cares for us. He makes it possible for us to submit and make it possible for us this week, even if that feels really hard, even if that feels hard at school or at work or wherever we face unfair criticism for being a follower of the Lord Jesus. You see, biblical submission isn't something that that is like being a wrestler beaten down, but this is something that defines us as free people, as Christians who have freedom in Christ. This is something that is commendable before God. God sees it when we submit ourselves in this way and it pleases him. And last of all, God makes it possible and he is our example. This is one of the distinct things of what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus. And my prayer for myself and all of us is that we would be thinking about ways to live that out this week for Jesus' glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage. A challenging one as we think about how it, it encourages us to, to submit to those, especially those who we would find it hard to submit to. But we do this to demonstrate the fact that we are free. We are not looking to them to, to find our identity or our freedom. Lord, help us to submit to those who are hard to submit to. And if we need encouragement to do that, which we all do, we can do that by looking to Jesus and how he submitted himself. 
to your will, Father, but also to unjust authorities, unjust people, because he trusted you. Lord, it is worth it, and we can do it by the strength of your Holy Spirit. Amen.